And if you can't trust yourself to do the work, take action and follow through, I promise you, you are on a fast path to developing a whole lot of self-doubt and not much self-belief. Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. This is the podcast for every average individual who wants to live an above average life, and they want to do it in an above average physique. We talk all things fitness and nutrition, and most importantly, coaching. I'm your host, Cody McBroom. I am a coach. I'm a fitness and nutrition coach, a strength coach, a sports nutritionist, but really I am a coach about all things. I love personal development. I love business. I love entrepreneurship. I love talking relationships. I love talking fitness, nutrition, supplementation, fat loss, muscle growth. This show is about getting better, plain and simple, and I'm excited to have you here today, which is going to be a special episode. This episode is a, a little bit of an update episode as well as a Q&A. So I'm actually going to dive into some, first and foremost, of course, really great questions that came in and were sent in from you, the listener. So if you want to ask your question, make sure you, A, follow me on Instagram at Cody McBroom, plain and simple, my name, really easy because I uh, I always have the link in the description or the my bio in the link menu that I have in there. But also, I uh, I post on my story and I ask for questions. So if you have a question, you can always follow me and wait for that to pop up. Um, you can also DM me. Uh, but there is also a link in the description of this episode. So in this episode, you can literally click the link in the description. And uh, what that's going to do is gonna, it's going to send you to you. I mean, it should be like point blank, really easy to understand. It says like, ask a question, <laughs> like ask a podcast question. Uh, you go to that form, fill it out, ask me anything. It can be as long as you want. You don't have to put your email or anything like that. You don't even put your name. You can put jelly bean for your name. I don't know why that came to my mind, but you can put whatever you want for your name. You don't even have to tell me. So it can be uh, anonymous, but nonetheless, that is how you ask your questions for this show. So like I said, today we're going to start with some updates. I have some really uh, important and cool updates to share with everybody um, that I think are pretty relevant and I'm excited to share them. And uh, we got big news in a lot of cool stuff happening. And there's a few things that are on the plate of big news that I actually can't share, but I'm excited to share once the year is over because holy shit, we are so close. It is today as I'm recording this, it is the seventh, which means what is that? We are 24 days away as I'm recording this. So as you're listening to this, even less, because we're ahead by at least a week, if not two, that means when you're listening to this, we are literally just days away from the new year. I mean, think about that. We are days away from being in the new year. So if you haven't started really thinking about what you want to change for 2024, you best start now. And notice how I said what you want to change, because I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, what are your goals? What are your New Year's resolutions? Like, of course, that's, you know, we all do it. Like, I'm not going to act like that's cheesy. You're, you're setting goals. Of course, it's the new year. I'm going to set goals too. We all should. But I think the more important question to ask yourself is what you're going to change, how you're going to be better. What didn't you do in 2023? Shit, what did you say you were going to do that you didn't do? Let 2024 be the year of follow through, the year of being real with yourself, telling yourself the truth. And when I say the truth, I mean, not letting yourself down by telling yourself you're going to do X, Y, Z, and then not doing it. Let 2024 be the year that you actually do what you said you were going to do. And that's going to be the year that you build a massive amount of self-belief and you stop living in fear and self-doubt. Because the more you tell yourself you're going to do something, yet don't do it, the more likely it is that you are not going to develop self-belief. It's literally like a scale. We have self-belief and we have self-doubt. Like, So really think about this. On one side of the scale, we have self-belief. And on the other, we have self-doubt. Every time you set a goal, every time you set a habit, every time you say you're going to do something, whether it's as small as I'm going to take out the trash or as big as I'm going to lose 20 pounds, every time you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, the self-doubt goes up and the self-belief goes down, right? So if you say you're going to go to the gym, but you don't, self-belief goes down, self-doubt goes up. If you say you're going to meal prep and you don't, self-belief goes down, self-doubt goes up. And the reason the scale tips in that way is because every time you say you're going to do something, but you don't do it, you're lying to yourself and you're proving to yourself that you're not worthy of being trusted, which sounds so messed up, but it's so true. I mean, really, really think about what I'm saying right now and articulate it. The more often you say you're going to do X, Y, Z, but don't do it, you are legitimately proving to yourself 
that you can't do something and that you won't actually follow through. And if you can't trust yourself to do the work, take action and follow through, I promise you, you're on a fast path to developing a whole lot of self-doubt and not much self-belief. So let 2024 be the year of self-belief. Let 2024 be the year of follow-through, be the year that you tell yourself what you're going to do and you actually do it. You actually prove yourself right. I didn't plan on starting with that, (laughs) but it was good. And I'm happy I did because I think it's so true. And and shit, I'm speaking from realness and rawness because there's things that I didn't do and there's things that I want to change this year. And there's things that I didn't follow through with that I want to develop more self-belief around, to be honest with you. And so like I'm going into the year doing the exact same thing. I think it's really important. That has nothing to do with the updates though. So there's a few updates. So um, the first update is, uh, it's like a two-fold update. And that is uh, the YouTube series. So I'll keep that part short. And then my future plans that will involve the YouTube series that we'll be doing and stuff, um, I'll make that a little bit more in depth because I think that's really important. It's exciting. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. So the first thing is that we are doing a YouTube series. We've been doing this for a little bit now. By the time you're listening to this, there's at least four episodes out. And that is the reverse diet series. So we've been documenting my reverse diet um, every week. And so it's been really fun because I've been able to document, uh, my check-in process, how I take my progress photos, how I use my tracker, um, what my diet looks like, the changes I'm making. And I did that because I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast. And there's a lot of people out there on YouTube and on Instagram and all that stuff that go through reverse diets. They go through a diet and then they have to reverse out of it. They, they need to know how to manipulate and adjust their diet. They want to see how, um, I would say, the best kind of client checks in with their coach. And I say that because I am a coach. So I I work really hard to make sure I'm a good client too. And I think the best coaches are very coachable. So you get to watch that process and it's been really cool. And, and, you know, very soon we're going to shift into a gaining phase where I start trying to really put on size and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to document the whole process. I'm going to show you what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, how it's going, how I'm executing the highs and the lows. Like even with the verse diet, there's some episodes of the series that are like, I'm on a high note. I'm increasing calories. I'm excited. I'm getting pumps in the gym. And then there's an episode where it's like, man, I'm just not feeling it. And I have doubt. And I'm just like, ugh. sometimes reverse diet sucks. And I talk about motivation and digging deeper. And when you got to do the work, even though you don't want to. And so it's very real. It's very raw. It's unscripted. Um, and, uh, there's a plan for it, right? If we do a day of eating, I'm going to plan on showing you all my meals, but we, we, we're intentionally keeping it really like vlog style. So you guys can really see behind the scenes. And it's been really fun. I'm excited because it's showing you guys more of my personality. It's showing you guys more of behind the scenes um, and how I go about my my physique goals. Now, a part of the reason why this YouTube series sparked up and which is what I'm going to get to next is, and I didn't say anything originally because I was unsure of like, you know, do I really want to push for this? Do I want to do it? Do I want to I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know if I wanted to tell everybody I was going to do it. And I also wanted to like get my wife on board and everything like that. And, you know, she's skeptical a little bit because obviously it gets tough competing at the end, but at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, it's something that's, it's really important to me. And, you know, when you're deep into prep, it's only hard at the very end, but I'm going to go pro. I'm going to turn pro. My goal is to go pro with men's physique and it's going to be a long journey. Um, I've, discuss this with my coach. I know what it's going to take. I know the time it's going to take. My goals are to make it happen in, you know, less than two years, which means that my goal is to compete again at probably at the beginning of 2025, which means all of 2024 is going to be spent gaining muscle and size with a couple of mini cuts spread throughout. If things go really, really well, maybe we'll compete in 2024, but most likely I want to try to milk the gaining process as long as I can and just stay healthy and just build so that I can come in 2025 and, and really try to compete and go pro. But I'm sharing this to say, like, I want to document as much of the process I can, as I can. I want to answer questions. I want to inspire people because the thing I got the most out of the last physique show was the amount of people who told me that it inspired them to dial in their training, to dial in their diet, to be more diligent, to do the work, to to build discipline. And it inspired them to try to achieve more with their body or with their life or with their goals, despite having a lot going on, you know? And that was so cool to me. It was like, man, 90% of them weren't even competitors or want to ever compete. Half the conversation started with that. Like, hey, I'll never actually compete. Like, I'm never going to step on stage. I have no desire to, but I'll tell you what, you inspired me to get back on track. You inspired me to start meal planning. You inspired me to hire one of your coaches. You inspired me to jump into the Taylor trainer and start training hard and doing X, Y, Z. Like 
all these things. It was super, super cool. And like, if I can have an influence on people in that manner continually, if I can, you know, push myself and document the process and share it. And that it, it pushes and inspires people to go do more with their lives and build their bodies and accomplish goals that they didn't think were otherwise possible. I got to do it again. I got to do it again and again. I believe that, you know, my purpose on, on the earth is to help people build uh, a better life, more success, uh, personal development, fulfillment, happiness, discipline, willpower, grit. Like I, I truly believe that I am, like God put me on earth as somebody who is intended to push individuals for growth like that. And so I have to do whatever I need to, like whatever I can to continue on that journey. And so to me, I'm like, well, man, like I got to compete again eventually. What's the, what's the best way to, you know, set a goal like that. And after talking to some people who have some skin in the game and they, they kind of, you know, assess my physique. We talked to the judges and then I hired a coach. It was like, yeah, like you, you have the shape, you have the the experience in the gym, you know, and mind you like this, I've been training for over a decade. So it's like, you have the foundation to build. You just have to focus and, and be more specific with how you're training and, you know, periodizing things throughout the year, but you can go pro if you really want to, and you really push for it. So I'm going to do it. And and that's my goal. That's my intention. We're going to film a lot of content around it. And uh, I've, I've taken on this turn pro mentality. And that's why I recorded that podcast, which if you haven't listened to, go listen to that. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, the turn pro episode where it's like, look at every area in your life and shit going into 2024. That's what you should do in every area. How can you turn pro? Right. So like in one sense, it's, it's the, it's the husband. How can I be a pro husband? What is the pro husband? Like, what is the pro dad? Like, what is the pro CEO? Like, what is the pro coach? Like, what is the pro physique athlete? Like, and I'm treating everything in that regard as long as it's sustainable, you know, and most of the time it is truthfully, like there's aspects of physique coaching and or physique uh, prep that are not sustainable, but that's at the tail end. Right. So anyway, that's not what this episode's about, but I wanted to, to kind of announce that because it's accountability for me. Like my, my focus is very narrow and I have a ways to go because we just are wrapping up a health phase right now as I'm recording this. And so that's been kind of the YouTube series right now, the vlogs have been all focused on reverse dieting and and health. And then we're going to shift into a gaining phase. You're going to watch me do a, a true bulk the right way um, without sacrificing my health or getting super fat because <laughs> that's always like the the part that we're scared about, right? I don't want to get too fat during the, the bulk, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it the right way and uh, we're going to document the whole thing. And I'm going to try to document as much as I can as I, as I turn pro and mark my words you know, next time I step on stage, it's going to be for a show that has the potential for me to turn pro. You know, I can't predict what's going to happen and I can't say that I'm going to turn pro right away, but that's the intention. That's the goal. That's how I'm treating it. And I'm going to keep banging at it until I get it. So I'm excited about that. Now, the next thing I'm going to announce is, uh, this is actually, this one is, is really cool too. Um, and it, it's probably going to come as a shock to some people and I'm going to keep this quick, but, um, some people were to ask me cause they saw all my story and stuff, but we, we have actually switched as a company, we've switched um, who we are uh, working with from a supplement company perspective. And the truth, the truth behind it is, you know, we we haven't developed a, a, a serious relationship with this company yet, but I do believe in their product. I've been using their product uh, for a long time, their company for a long time. I value the val- core values and the individuals who run the company, and that's Get Raw, so Sebum, um, and, and those guys, you know, Cameron Jansen and Nick. They created. Uh, get raw and revive md they also have relive which is a hormone therapy clinic um, that we've uh, suggested to clients who need to go the hormone therapy route but nonetheless raw so get raw nutrition and revive md is is kind of who we're we're it's it's not kind of it it is who we're affiliating ourselves with right now and, and suggesting now i'm i'm somebody who just suggests the best supplement companies period so i've always been the first person to be like hey if somebody I recommend or affiliate myself with doesn't have XYZ product or there's a product that is more tailored to the person, I'm going to suggest that. Like, I have no problem with that. I, I'm not a supplement guy that only takes one thing ever. Um, but the truth is, is that, you know, First Form was great. They are an amazing company. I'm actually going out to St. Louis to do a seminar. I'm probably going to hang out with them again and check, go back to the facility, get a lift in. So I'm still very close to those guys. They make a great product. Their culture is contagious. It's insane. Um, and same with Raw. Get Raw is a great culture. They have a, a really good bodybuilding performance line of the Raw nutrition supplements. Um, and then Revive MD has a really good 
probably one of the highest quality in the industry, honestly, as far as testing and lab labels and stuff like that, because they have doctors behind it. And really, it's very clear. It's very transparent labels. Like you're not going to get proprietary blends or anything like that. You're going to know exactly what's in it and you're going to know why it's in there. And the Revive side is very like medical. It's it's far, it's more like health focused um, and they have everything you can think of. And so the reason we chose them is because they have both blends of the world and in outside of First Form, who I actually know personally, a lot of the people, Revive and Raw are the it's the company that I trust the most from a transparency perspective, because it's so clear and so easy to see how great the quality is. Um, and I've always had a great experience with them. I plan on uh, connecting with those guys and getting closer. Um, so uh, they don't know it yet, but I do plan on, on getting in touch and getting closer with them, but we decided to do that. And the, the main, the number one reason we actually decided to do this is because we wanted to be able to give you the listener and our clients discounts. And uh, so now if you use the coupon code tailored, all one word caps on either getrawnutrition.com or revivesupps.com, so revivemd supplements, um, you will get 5% off. But as you're listening to this, it could be already up because the way it works is tier system. So you're going to go from 5 to 10 to 15 to 20% as you grow. And I can already tell you between our members base, our company and our coaches and everybody like that, it's going to grow quickly and we're going to be able to give um, a lot of good discounts back to people. And that's, that was the goal. And that was the main thing because unfortunately first form doesn't give, uh, uh, discounts to anybody that is affiliated with them, athletes, nothing. And it's, you know, and there's reason behind it and I don't dock them for that. It's a great company. It's a great product. And that's just how things go. Um, and they're not the only ones that do that, you know, and, and truthfully for me, and this is the last thing I'll say is, is as an individual, I got paid and I got free supplements as part of the sponsorship of that company. Um, and then we got affiliate kickback. So, and just on the business side, that's how it works. Right. And that's a pretty sweet deal. And, and that's how most like, you know, no matter what you're going to get affiliate kickback, if you're a company recommending a supplement company clients and such. But for me as the CEO to basically sacrifice personal pay and monthly supplements at no charge every single month so that my clients and you the listener could get a discount on their product not to say it says a lot about who I am, but it should say a lot about who I am because that's what I really care about is I care about the people who are supporting this podcast and allowing it to grow. I care about uh, my, my clients and I had to make a ballsy move too because you know I value the relationship with First Form and luckily they're so, they're so unbelievably cool and the people I know there, shout out to Cody, shout out to Damien, shout out to all those guys. Um, they're so unbelievable, loving and caring that, um, we're still great. We're still great friends and, uh, we're still going to be connected, but I had to make this move so that I could help you out and I could help the clients out. So head over to get or revive and use the coupon code tailored and you can get 5% off and uh, very soon it'll be 10% off and then 15 and then 20. Um, our, our affiliate link will be in the description of this podcast as well. Now we have one more update that I'm going to share with you. And uh, I'm going to briefly share it because I'm probably going to bring Andres in to really dive into this, but I want to um, touch on it as well, because it's a very powerful lesson that I think is a good lesson for you to hear going into the new year. And I'm going to share it and I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to explain why I'm going to explain the lesson behind it. And then uh, we'll probably have uh, somebody who's like a brother to me, Andres, uh, co-founder of Taylor Life Apparel to come on the podcast and we'll dive into the, the, the lessons we learned, uh, with TLA and the success, you know, uh, the, the, the lessons for like, you know, they say success leaves clues. So does failures. So does like over, um, over committing to things, everything that went on. And, and the truth is, is like, I decided to, I made a decision to, um, essentially give up my part of Taylor Left Apparel. I decided to, um, dissolve my side of the company and, uh, he decided to rebrand it. So Taylor Life Apparel will be no more very soon as you're hearing this. And it's not because I don't love apparel. It's not because I don't love design. It's not because I don't love the message. It's not because I don't love Andreas because Andreas is still one of my best friends. We still have other things that we do together and our families are close knit. Um, there came a point where I had to do a lot of deep soul searching this year. And uh, truthfully, I've uh, a lot of things have happened within the last year that have not been shared publicly on the podcast that have been eye-opening. And some of them are, are amazing blessings. Some of them were tragedies. Some of them were things that I just had to work through um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And there's just been so many things that have caused me to take a step back and really like look at what I do, who I am, the people I surround myself, everything, right? And so throughout this process, one of the things I realized is that we all have a purpose on earth and I have a very specific purpose, a very specific plan, um, I believe, for me and my life. 
And that is not to create apparel. I'm, I believe I'm pretty good and creative with it because every single design that was made from the logos to the font choices, to the style, to the placement of the logos, to the material, everything was designed and chosen by me, but I bit off more than I could chew. It was taking a lot of mental bandwidth. It was taking a lot of my time. Um, and it didn't pan out the way we had anticipated it from a time perspective, uh, because we didn't know the, we didn't know that industry at all, to be honest with you. And, uh, it, caused me to to pull myself away from what I believe I'm here for too much and or from my personal life. So I ended up creating more stress than good. I ended up biting off more than I can chew just from a time perspective, honestly, a mental capacity perspective. And, uh, and it didn't allow me to really engage and engulf myself into tailored coaching method as much as I truly want to, you know, and, and as much as I want to be a part of so I decided to step away because my one thing is coaching. My one thing is fitness and nutrition. My my gift to earth and this planet and to you and to everybody who follows us and everything has always been and always will be coaching. It'll be helping people shift their minds, shift their bodies, shift their health, create change in their lives so that they live a better life and a better body and they are able to pursue better goals, bigger things. And I can't do that fully if I am wrapped up in TLA. Now, will apparel ever come back? I don't know. I do know that we will have some element of apparel uh, available for like clients and uh, maybe podcast listeners. Like we're going to have tailored coaching method apparel because I do have a lot of like tagged and branded tailored stuff that we are going to redesign logos on. Cause it's all blank, but it is tagged for us. It's, it's the labels, all that stuff is designed for us and it's gym wear. It's, it's oversized shirts. It's high crew socks. It's shorts with really epic, cool uh, tags on it at the pocket and stuff. So we'll do something with those, but I wanted to announce this because it's a really powerful lesson. And if you ever read the book, the one thing you'll find it in there. And it's, it's that, you know, in life, the more things you put on your plate, the less you value those things, the worse you are at those things. It's the Jack of all trades, master of none, right? I didn't, that's not my goal. I want to be a master coach. Like my goal has always been to be known as one of the best coaches in fitness and nutrition space in the entire world. And I know it sounds crazy, but like, that is my passion. That is my goal. And I want to be known for that. And I want to change lives like that. And the only way I can change lives by being the best coach in the world is to just be the best coach in the world. So tailored life apparel is going to be no more because I made the decision that it was, uh, it was taking up too much space in my brain and it wasn't allowing me to excel at the rate I wanted to excel for TCM. Now TCM is, it's, it's a larger company. It's, it's helping a lot of people and it's growing and it's amazing, right? So um, obviously I just have really, really big goals and I just know the, I know what's possible for TCM and I couldn't allow that to be a thought in my head. I couldn't, I couldn't sit with the fact that I knew what we were capable of doing and not pursue it because I didn't have the time or the capacity to do so. And something was in the way of, of that happening. So long story short, I had to make that announcement. Uh, me and Andreas are, are our family. So it's all on good, uh, good terms. Again, you'll hear him on the podcast again, uh, probably pretty soon. But um, I had to make this decision for um, for you, for the listener. I wanted to be able to put out more content that helps you change your life. I wanted to put out um, more. Uh, I wanted to build more systems. I wanted to invest more in our members. I wanted to invest more in my team. I wanted to study more. I wanted to build out courses that allowed other coaches in the industry to learn and do this better so that we don't have these shitty coaches out here coaching people and ruining people's metabolisms and all these different things, right? So it, it's... I know what I'm here for and I got to stick, stay true to that. So that's, uh, that's the announcement on that. All that being said, um, that is the last announcement for this podcast. So we are going to actually get into the questions of the episode, which start with what is the purpose of, and there's no names associated with these. Cause I got a whole bunch in and we just threw all the questions in and I forgot to take the names. So sorry about no names, but the first question for today is, what is the purpose of sodium cycling? Is there anything important to know about sodium intake and or cycling it? So not really. I mean, there's no purpose in sodium cycling. I actually haven't even heard much talk about this idea of, of sodium cycling. I think that um, typically what we see with sodium, anything would be sodium loading I think there's there's some things that are important to know about sodium intake, period, but not sodium cycling. You shouldn't be sodium cycling, period. Um, sodium loading can be used in the bodybuilding world, but it's actually typically can be dangerous too. So you don't want to play with it too much, especially 
it gets dangerous when people manipulate uh, sodium, potassium, and magnesium along with water and dehydrating themselves and such. But typically we don't need to load sodium for any purpose. Um, your body, uh, your body's electrolyte and the pH balance levels and sodium levels is they're going to bounce out really well. So if you increase sodium intake dramatically, your body's going to adjust to that. If you drop sodium dramatically, your body's going to adjust to that pretty rapidly, pretty easily, which is why we don't really need to cycle it. We don't want to cycle it. There's no point in it. And you're going to have like, you're never going to be perfect with it. So it's going to go up and down. But sodium in general, like just to give like a, a general overview of what's important to know about sodium is that sodium is going to be, it's, it's where you get all of your minerals for the most part. So we have vitamins and minerals, right? And so if we have no sodium in our diet, then we're going to lack minerals. So we're going to lack magnesium, potassium, chromium, these different things. And that's going to be an issue, right? So we need those electrolytes in our diet because that's what's going to help with hydration. Um, from a performance perspective, it's going to help also hydrate your muscles. So it's going to help hydrate you from a standpoint of giving you energy and utilizing the water that you have. There's a, a good brain and neural component to it as well. So this is why there's recommendations of like uh, doing like a glass of lemon water with pink Himalayan salt. Realistically, you can, you know, do actually this is, you know, shameless plug to like who we're working with now. Um, Get Raw has, uh, I think they call like uh, bum sticks or something like that, but it's it's uh, it's just hydration sticks, right? So I've taken these forever um, and you just pour them in a water bottle. I've always started my day with an electrolyte hydration stick, but water bottle, hydration stick, I prefer the lemon lime uh, flavor. And uh, you drink that first thing in the morning, there's going to be a central nervous system stimulation from it. So um, you don't need to rely on caffeine so much. You are gonna get energy from this and it's also gonna help mental clarity. When it comes to training, it's going to help your muscles actually hold on to that water. So sodium is going to help bring water as well as carbohydrates into the uh, actual muscle tissue and cell. When we do that, we're going to generate more ATP. It's going to help with creatine absorption, and um, that's going to help with muscle growth, strength, recovery, energy, uh, muscle endurance, all that. But also, there's a lot of research supporting um, mainly hydration. But again, if sodium is playing a role in hydration and we can better hydrate our muscles while we're training, we're also going to get get the benefit of less likelihood of cramping uh, muscles. We're going to get less likelihood of tendon and ligament injuries, issues, strains. So there's a lot of really good research supporting getting enough sodium in the diet. Now you don't need to load it. You don't need to cycle it. You just need to have some in there. And you need to keep it in there. Um, so for me, I usually do three cranks on a sea salt grinder in each meal. And it's really simple. It's an easy way to ensure like when you're eating a lot of whole foods, you don't have much packaged foods or like uh, perishable foods. So like, so foods that are processed that have a lot of sodium in it to make sure that they, um, they don't go bad on the shelves and stuff. When you're not getting a ton of that. Then you're not gonna have as much sodium in the diet. And sometimes that, uh, sodium and that salt can actually be, uh, non like the minerals are being removed from it at times, not always. Cause you can't really remove all minerals from sodium, but for example, most sea salt and such doesn't have iodine in it. And so there's also individuals, and this is why I focus on getting some iodine in my diet and or also using some actual table salt instead of always using sea salt. Even though sea salt is great for you, it has probably the highest uh, quality and in, in, um, amount of minerals and such in it. It's easiest to track because you can just do a couple grinds on the grinder, like on the t um, little twist grinder. But table salt has iodine in it. And sea salt typically doesn't. So iodine is going to be helpful because it's iodized table salt. Well, the American diet is very low. So unless you live in Japan, you eat a lot of seafood and a lot of like kelp, shellfish, seaweed, stuff like that. In like an Asian culture style, you're probably going to be lower in iodine. And if you're lower in iodine, that's going to be an issue for your thyroid because your thyroid is going to need iodine to function optimally. So if somebody has hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, or just a low thyroid, uh, slow thyroid from dieting, which again, I just got blood work done after my diet. And I literally, that was like one of the first things, one, that I expected, two, that I saw a red flag on is my thyroid was low. The T3 to T4 conversion was low. And that's a sign of metabolic adaptation. It's just, it's part of the process, right? So what I did is I started adding in iodine, iodized salt, right? I'm gonna get my blood work done after a couple months and hopefully that is gonna return to normal. So um, salt is going to be really important for your hormones, can be help, helpful for recovery, uh, getting muscle pumps, muscle endurance, avoiding muscle cramps, uh, avoiding um, injuries, overuse injuries, uh, straining tendons, ligaments. It's going to be helpful for uh, driving 
Uh, it's also a glucose disposal agent. So when you have sodium with a carb-based meal and water, it's going to actually aid in the process of your body digesting and absorbing carbohydrates and shuttling them into the muscle tissue and muscle cell. So sodium is really useful for a lot of different things, um, your brain, your muscles, your nervous system, everything. So um, hormones, all that. Um, you don't need to cycle it. You should just have a steady amount and you should keep it in there. And that's that. So sodium 101. And a good book, if you want to check out a deeper dive, is called The Salt Fix. Hey, sorry to interrupt this podcast, but I briefly want to mention my company, Tailored Coaching Method. I founded Tailored Coaching Method in 2017 as a way to help people lose weight, build muscle, and transform their lives because I began to see that every other area of people's lives started to change and get better and be more successful when they got in shape and they felt better in their skin. And since then, I've built an entire team of world-class coaches who help people around the world transform right before our eyes. And because you're listening to this podcast, I got to imagine you want to get in shape too, or you're already in shape and you're looking to take it to the next level. Either way, we are the company for you. We specialize in body composition and we can help you no matter where you are in your fitness journey. So if you want help, you want expert coaching, and you want to finally get to the next level so you can start actually looking like you work out. Head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com and click the big yellow button front and center on the screen, or simply go to the description of this podcast and click that link and apply today. The strategy call is completely free and it gives us a chance to get to know you, you a chance to get to know us. And by the end of it, we'll decide if it's a good fit and move forward. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. Question number two, preferred way to set protein targets and macros for clients. Example would be a beginner, fat loss, 240 pounds, male, six foot three. Um, this is your exact client. Um, all right, so beginner, fat loss, 240 pounds, male, six foot three. So um, preferred way to set protein targets and macros for clients. Um, so I'm gonna break this into a couple categories because I'm not gonna, uh, if I had like my system right in front of me, I could literally do it for you, but I'm not gonna do that because uh, I don't have my system pulled up in front of me because I'm recording a podcast. And two, I'm gonna be doing a course like I've, kind of teased about, you know, my plan is, you know, early in the new year, try to get it done as soon as I can. And I think that's going to be really helpful because I'm going to dive deep into this kind of stuff. But nonetheless, um, a beginner, um, the first thing I have to uh, figure out is, is this person going to be somebody I want to do all the macros with? And I, what I mean by that is, are they ready to uh, track and adhere consistently to tracking macros? Are they ready to follow a diet that is broken down into macronutrients and they have to track their diet every day and make sure that they are actually following the diet every day using macronutrients and tracking along the way? Now, for most people, it really isn't that hard. So I would venture to say that most beginners can even do this too. We just might start slow. So we might start by just writing down a food log or just tracking their diet, not worrying about numbers. Then we go to, hey, I just want you to hit this protein intake. Hey, I want you to track uh, your calories and hit this protein intake to, hey, we're going to hit these targets. You know, this this uh, protein, this carb, this fat for these total calories. And I say it that way because sometimes people need to ease into it if they need the proper education, of course. But there's a lot of times where you can deep dive into this on a call with your client that's starting up and beginner or not, you should as a coach be able to break it down in a systemized way where that makes sense, right? Like it's, it's like macros 101, you know, it's like, hey, this is what they are. This is what they do. This is why it's important to understand these. This is why we need to track calories because calories in versus calorie out, energy balance. That's what this is. You can break it down. They will understand, right? It's not rocket science. It's just macros. So knowing that, I think that um, we should be able to get most beginners on that path. If number one, it's the best route for them because we got to also consider like, hey, can they adhere to this? Yeah, it might be more, it might be easier to adhere to just calories and protein. However, the easier path isn't always the best path. The best path might be the path that gets them the best results or teaches them the most lessons or gives them the most benefit or value or creates the most flexibility. Or um, if they have a very specific goal, it might let us get to that specific goal faster or more effectively. Um, so there's a lot at hand that we can't just jump to the conclusion and say, oh, they're new to this. We have to just start with calories and protein, right? There's, there's just too much nuance with it. So I'm, I'm probably going to just spend a little bit more time breaking down why macros are important um, for a beginner versus an advanced lifter. Um, however, knowing that they're a beginner, it does start with the questions of adherence and education. Where do we need to start here, right? Knowing that their goal is fat loss, I'm going to start a client with a maintenance target calories, and I'm going to adjust the macros to be more favorable for like a recomp. So, um, especially knowing it's, uh, you know, I mean, 240 pounds, male, six, three, six, three is pretty tall. 
they're a male, so they're going to have bigger bones, bigger muscles. They're probably, um, I don't know if they're a beginner in the gym or just beginner with dieting or all of the above, but if they're 240 pounds and have no muscle, that's going to be different than 240 pounds. And they do have a good amount of muscle. Like is in six, three is pretty tall. So it's like, does this person have 20 pounds to lose? Or does this person have 40 pounds to lose? Or do they have 60? You know, it, it really depends. So, um, I can't say for sure, but, um, most likely what I do in this situation is I'm going to start them at what I believe is their maintenance calories. I'm probably going to use a combination of, uh, the Mifflin St. Gior calculation formula. Cause I think that's a really good formula. It's a really accurate one. And then I'm going to look at their maintenance calories based on what they're eating right now and what they're weighing in at. So I want my client to track their diet for a few days, um, at least a few days, if not five, six, seven days, right? Give me a full week. Usually I like at least three to five days and I like to be at over the weekend. So it's like, Hey, I want you to track a few days and I want to see what your weekdays versus your weekend looks like. Then we're going to average out their calories. So let's just say a week, just for easy math, they eat 2000 calories a day for seven days in a row. It's 14,000 calories, right? Now we're just going to divide that by seven gives us 2000 again. So that's easy math. Um, they're consuming 2000 calories on average and their weight was 240 pounds every day of the week, right? On average, or it was like 238 to 242 and it bounced around, but the average was 240. Well, now I know that 2000 calories is maintaining that weight, but then I can do the calculation and look at the Mifflin St. Gior, which is pretty accurate calculation. And it's based on research and it's been studied and used in research to say like, which is there's studies showing what's the most accurate calculation. Uh, our chief science officer on staff went through this with us. Um, and that was one of them. And so when we look at this, I can say, well, you're maintaining your weight on 2000 calories, but according to this formula that's backed by science, you should be maintaining that weight on 3000 calories. So one of two things has happened. Either A, you didn't give me the whole scoop of what you're eating. B, you don't fully understand how to track and how to measure properly. So things are inaccurate. They're underreported and uh, potentially not reported because you're just not thinking about like oil or fish oil or supplements that have calories in it. You didn't think about condiments, like a little snack here, or there liquid calories. There's a lot of reasons why people underreport. Um, and most research supports well over half of the people who track their macros and track their calories actually do underreport. And there's some good research behind that. But knowing this now I can say like, okay, it's one of those two things, or there's something uh, hormonally going on that's stopping um, your metabolism from working properly. And that hormone-related thing could be something like thyroid, testosterone, cortisol function, something that is directly impacting, like I said before, the T3 to T4 conversion. So we're looking at the actual thyroid to metabolism process, or it could be gut-related, and now we have a gut issue that is causing hormones to go out of whack, which is causing the metabolism to go out of whack. I would say that that's like a one to 5% chance. Um, it does happen, but the gut health issue is far less likely than the underreporting issue. Now, once I know that, then I can bridge the gap and I can go, okay, so we're going to go with something closer to the calculation and it's going to seem like you're eating a ton of food on paper, but you're not, you're probably eating about this. And I'm just gonna spend more time educating you. Whereas if they did the same, like if the same situation happened, but their average intake over the course of that seven day report that they did was actually 2,800. I'd be like, ah, oh, they're only 200 calories off. So that actually could be accurate. Cause there's gonna be a range. The formulas aren't perfect. So we're going to go to 2,800 and I'm going to adjust the macros, right? So either way, I'm probably going to lean towards the calculation unless I truly believe there's something hormonally wrong, which again is rare. But at that case, I'll have them do blood work and then I'll review it. And our chief science officer, Dr. Brandon Roberts will review it with us. Um, it just allows us, uh, us as in the coaches on my staff to have uh, a really like truly an expert eye look at the blood work, which is highly beneficial for anybody listening who is going down looking for a coach and stuff. And, and this is a huge benefit of working with our staff. I'm just going to give the shameless plug. Um, we have a scientist on staff that is behind the scenes as a, as a third party eye at all times, which is great. Now, once I have this number and I'd go for it, I'm either a, I'm going to be like, Hey, you think you're eating 2000 calories, but you're not. And so we're going to go to 2,800 and I'm going to educate you on why you're probably inaccurate tracking. We're going to investigate and discover where you are. So you can see that. So you don't have this like shock factor when you see the high number, because I can teach you that you're probably closer to this than you think you are. We're going to show you what we're going to adjust with the macros and why, and we're going to go for that number. And then on the other end of it, we're looking at somebody who um, is consuming, they wrote down 2,800. I'm like, hey, we're going to stay at this 2,800. So there's no shock factor. But what we're going to do here is we're going to increase your protein, increase your carbs and drop your fats. And that's what I'm going to do with the macros. So the reason I'm going to do that is because fat is fat. So it's going to be uh, easier to store as fat, quite literally. And that's proven by research. Does not mean that you need to worry about 
your fat intake, especially when you're in a deficit, because if you're in a calorie deficit, it doesn't matter. But if we're at maintenance or a surplus, it can matter. Um, and I've seen it and there is limited research because they don't like to research this stuff very much. And most of the research done on, um, calories in versus calories out comparing a low fat to a high fat or low carb to a high carb diet is done on obese individuals. But if we're looking at somebody who does have 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 pounds of loose, but they're strength training, they want muscle too. It's a completely different category. They're not sedentary and obese. It's different, right? So considering that, I'm going to go with a high carb, high protein diet because the protein is not going to store as fat. It's going to fuel recovery. It's going to increase satiety. It's going to help our calories stay higher, which is going to support their metabolism. Um, there's a lot of reasons why protein should be high. Carbs are going to fuel performance. They're going to fill the muscle cell and it's going to be more difficult to store as body fat. And then fats, I'm going to put as low as I can to still support um, hormone function and still have some flexibility. So I don't want them to go so low because you can go pretty dang low without affecting your gallbladder, without affecting your hormones. Like so much lower than people realize. Um, it's actually insane, but I never go that low because it's just so difficult to adhere to. You can't have anything besides tilapia and white rice and you can't cook with oil. Like it's just insane, right? You can't go that low, obviously. And I'm exaggerating a bit, but I'm going to go pretty low, right? So maybe like 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound, depending on their weight. And for this person, 0.3 is probably totally fine because they're 240 pounds. It's going to give us, you know, I don't, I don't know what the math is, but probably 60, 70 grams of fat. They're fine. I want more use for carbs so I can fuel training. I can feel neat. They're moving more. They're active more. They're recovering more. Their muscles are more hydrated. So we're going to avoid injuries in the gym. They're going to push it harder in the gym. Their cardio is going to be more effective and efficient. There's a lot of reasons for it. So, and then protein to say the last part, which I skipped and it was part of the, like the first part of the question, <laughs> preferred way to set protein targets anywhere between 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound is going to be great. Um, this person being 240 pounds, if they want to lose weight, it depends on how much they want to lose. So if this person wants to lose 40 pounds, I'm probably going to do like, I usually like to go one to 1.2 grams per pound of goal body weight. So if they want to be 200 pounds, I'm going to go somewhere between 200 to 220, right? I don't need to go 240 times 1.2 is unnecessary. Although I will say they could do that if they wanted to, or they needed to, because they're a meat lover and you know, there's no, um, like satiety. They just want it higher. Like there's no reason you can't, there's just no benefit behind it. So, all right, that's that. Something you've changed your mind on after training for so many years. That's a good one. Um, something I've trained my, changed my mind on um, is the use of Smith machines and just machines in general, I would say. I think that I still believe that free weights are probably the best for most people, especially people who still need a lot of training from a skill perspective, like getting better at form, getting better at honestly, like building more stability muscle. So like really learning how to move properly, learning how to recruit motor units and have good neurological control over your shoulder joint, which is a ball and socket joint, which has a lot of, you know, motion it can do being able to hold weight and actually control your joint function, the tempo, all these things, I think is going to be better utilized with dumbbells, kettlebells, stuff like that for the most part. However, I think you get to a certain point where you, if you want to build muscle specifically and even strength to a degree, when the loads start increasing and the volume starts increasing uh, to as to what's required in order for you to maximize your progress, machines become more and more valuable because now I'm looking at it from a standpoint of how do I load my muscle as much as I possibly can in this movement pattern without causing joint issues. So for example, I haven't back squatted in a long time. Last time I back squatted was a Smith machine back squat. So even that isn't the same thing because I can lean into it into a way that's less load on my my back. And my lower back and my knees feel so good. Like they have not felt this good in years. And it wasn't because I had an, a low back injury, but my low back would always just be kind of tender every now and then. And I just haven't done any axial loading. So axial loading is when you're loading your spine. And I haven't done any of that. I haven't done deadlifts. I haven't done... Um, back squats. Um, and I don't, I haven't even actually done a standing overhead press in a while. None of those are bad exercises. I have clients doing them as well, but when you get to a point where you're trying to build muscle and you have to load the bar up quite heavy and do a lot of volume with it, that's where that axial load increases quite a bit. So the, the time under axial load by the end of your leg day, for example, gets pretty astronomical compared to what it used to be at a beginner. So I think one thing I've changed my mind on is that um, machines are great. Smith machines are great. Cables are great. You can't really be locked into any one thing. And I don't think anybody should, but the more advanced you get and the more focused you are on pushing, uh, loads and or volume with heavier loads to maximize your physique. I do think that machines are just really useful to uh, avoid injury. Um, I think that's really, really crucial. 
Um, and I think I would just tag along that, that there's no perfect exercises. You know, some people, um, they swear by the back squat. Some people swear by front squat. Some people swear by Smith machine squat, leg press, hack squat. All these are great. They're all squat patterns and they all build your quads tremendously. Everybody's different, you know? And so the second part of that as something I've learned, not only is it, do I think that machines are just valuable, but I think that everybody is different and there's just no perfect exercise. There's no best exercise. So you need that diversity. So that's one thing I've, I've changed my mind on after training so many years. I think that I've also changed my mind on, yeah, I don't know, maybe a little bit of frequency. I've changed my mind on that a lot. Um, and that's just based on the research. You know, at first research came out and it really, like people were really into like, you got to have a high frequency. So you got to train the muscle three, four times a week, because the more often you send that anabolic stimulus to the muscle, the more likely it is to grow. But they're treating strength training like steroids. You know, steroids send that anabolic signal. So you're just always growing um, when somebody's on steroids. But strength training is not the same way. Like you you are going to spike that muscle protein synthesis from strength training. So if I do a squat, a quad dominant squat, muscle protein synthesis is uh, is happening. I'm engaging in that process. Muscle protein synthesis, just like when I eat protein. But there's a, a, a fraction point. So like there's a certain amount you can spike muscle protein synthesis up. There's like an actual range or a ranking. And then there's a delay. So there's a certain amount of time it stays elevated. And then there's a certain time uh, it takes for it to drop back down. And then there's a certain time you want to wait before you spike it back up to optimally spike it and keep it elevated because you want these waves, right? So you can't really, like it, it basically can't comes down to if volumes equated, it doesn't matter. So there was a time where it was like, ah, the more, the more often you train a muscle, the better. And then it was like, no, 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 it's not the more often. It's like two times a week is optimal. And I'd still say if there was any one number, it would be two times a week, not because of muscle protein synthesis or because you can build more muscle by doing, or like that's like physiologically speaking, the best way to build muscle. But I do think it's most likely to suit somebody's training performance to support muscle growth. Because with two times a week, you can train a muscle really hard with a good amount of volume and you can give it a good break and then you can come back at it and recovery is good throughout the week. But you can train a muscle once a week and still grow it really well. And I think that there's a lot of people who have proven that who are natural and not natural. I think it's easier to do that if you're not natural, if I'm being honest, but even natural lifters, you know, most natural lifters, like we're going to want to train twice a week. I think it just makes the most sense. I train everything but legs twice a week. Um, and my legs, I would say one, they're not as big of a focus because my goal is physique, uh, men's physique. Um, so I don't get judged on my legs, but two, they're a bigger muscle. They take way more out of me. So I have to weigh the pros and cons of if I train my legs, you know, two or three times a week, I'm going to be so fatigued and like neurologically taxed from that. It's going to bleed into my work. It's going to bleed into my sleep. It's going to bleed into my uh, upper body training because I do have to go heavy. I have to do a lot of warm sets, and I have to really push the volume on that, even if it is, you know, one day or two days. So I'd rather just do it one day a week, especially because it's not a main focus for me, but my legs can still grow with one day a week. So I think that that's really what it boils down to is like, if you do enough volume and you send the right stimulus, frequency doesn't matter as much as I once believed it did. I'd say those are the two biggest ones. Um, if I had to add a third, because it's hard for me to just stop, honestly, I would say cardio. Like I think that cardio's even in a bulking phase or a gaining phase, it's really important and uh, it doesn't get enough credit, you know, especially back in the day. Like it was like, no, you're gaining muscle. Don't do cardio. It's going to eat your gains away. And I just don't think that's true. Um, but we did a whole podcast on cardio. So uh, you can go listen to that if you want to. There's a lot back on here. Um, I'm going to save some of these for next time. Um, and I will finish with uh, this top three guests that I've ever had on my podcast. Wow, that's that's honestly really tough. I would probably say uh, my top three guests ever on my podcast. Um, I would put Joe DeFranco in there. So the Joe DeFranco episode was amazing because he is somebody I've looked up to for a really long time. So it was just really cool and surreal to get him on the podcast. And there was just so much value in that episode. Um, I would say Dr. Caroline Leaf, um, who I was not very familiar with before having her on, but she literally blew my mind with some of the stuff that she was talking about with regards to uh, not just psychologically, but um, the social aspects. And um, she was, she's amazing. Yeah. She's, I believe a physiology. It was like the combination of physiology and psychology, but she's a scientist. She's also a psychologist. It's absolutely, maybe she's a neuroscientist as well as a psychologist. She has a combo that is just unheard of it's just it was just amazing so that was that podcast blew my mind 
So Joe DeFranco and um, Dr. Caroline Leaf for sure. Um, man, it's, it's tough to, to name the third. I've had so many amazing guests that are people I looked up to. I mean, um, after, you know, Lane Norton, Eric Helms, um, Mike Isertel, people that I just looked up to in the industry for so long and studied under, um, for so long that have been just awesome to have on the show. Very surreal. I had Steve Kuklo, um, it hasn't even aired as I'm recording this, but I mean, I remember reading bodybuilding magazine, flex magazines, muscle and development magazines on, uh, on my work break while I was working at a pharmacy, just getting into the, like trying to lose weight and stuff and seeing him on the cover. And I just had him on the podcast, you know, we're on a texting basis. It's just crazy. So that was super, super cool. So I've just had so many amazing people on the podcast. It's really hard for me to pick a top three, to be honest with you. But I think I would go with Dr. Caroline Leaf, Joe DeFranco for sure. Um, and then I'd probably have to just reserve. I don't know. I'd probably reserve it. Honestly, one of my, some of my favorite episodes are actually uh, me getting interviewed by my friends. I love doing that. It's very fun. It's very, uh, you know, Sam Miller did it one time. It was really good, but it was way back. So I don't feel like I was uh, as mature in the industry as I am now. Cause I mean, we're creeping on a thousand episodes. I've been doing this a while, but my best friend, Cody Smith came on, he interviewed me and that was a really powerful episode. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, so it's hard to say, but those are, those are some of my top for sure. So um, that is a wrap on today's show. So as I mentioned before, there's a bunch of links in the description of this podcast. So go check out the YouTube series, go check out the YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel so that you can follow along on my reverse diet on the vlogs. We're doing YouTube shorts damn near every day. Now those are pumping out. Um, and we're also going to go into my gaining phase. So you're going to be able to see a lot of behind the scenes. So go check that out. Um, you can head to get raw nutrition. You can head to revive MD subs. I think it's revive subs.com, uh, get raw nutrition.com both of which are in the description of this uh, podcast are specific links. If you want to support us, support the channel and get a 5% discount code very soon, hopefully 10% by using the coupon code tailored. Um, and then last but not least, please do me a huge favor. If you enjoy this show, if I help you in any way, if you are getting value, if you are able to improve your fitness, your nutrition, your mindset, your entrepreneurship relationships, anything, if you take anything away, head over to Apple, head over to Spotify, wherever you listen to this, leave a five-star rating and review. It helps us more than you know. That is the biggest favor I can ask of you. I appreciate you listening and I will catch you next time. 